0: All right, we invite you to take your Bible and let's turn to Joshua chapter number 8. Tonight, Joshua chapter number 8. This chapter tonight begins with Israel facing Ai. That's one that we've heard before, right? Ai. That's the same small city where they had previously suffered a very humiliating defeat. We saw there were a number of reasons for their, their defeat, but the primary reason was that there was sin in the camp sin in their midst that had not been dealt with. But after that sin had finally been dealt with, it was time for Israel to go and face these people in battle once again. They were headed right back to Ai. And that is the way it works in the Christian life. When we sin, we must deal with the sin on God's terms. Amen. God wants us to deal with sin in our life before we're going to move forward in our walk. Then and only then can we have victory over our enemies of the world, the flesh, and the devil. Hebrews 12 verse number 1 tells us to lay aside every weight and the sin which just so easily beset us and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. We know that sin blocks us from having victory in our Christian walk, but as we confess and repent and find God's forgiveness, He will bless us, and then and only then are we able to run the race with confidence again. Well, let's begin with the first two verses here. We see God's promise of victory in verses 1 and 2. Joshua 8, verse number 1. And the Lord said unto Joshua, Fear not, neither be thou dismayed. Take all the people of war with thee, and arise. Go up to Ai, see, I have given Into thy hand the king of Ai and his people and his city and his land, and thou shalt do to Ai and her king as thou didst unto Jericho and her king only the spoil thereof and the cattle thereof shall ye take for prey for unto yourselves, lay thee an ambush for the city behind it. So First thing we see here, we see God's promise of victory. We see a word about winning. When the Lord spoke to Joshua after the death of Achan, he told him to go to Ai. However, the Lord also told him that things were going to be different this time around. Amen. I'm sure Joshua was glad to hear that. The Lord assured Joshua and Israel here in verse 1 of victory. The Lord called them to return to the place of their greatest defeat And the Lord knew that they needed to overcome the defeat at Ai uh, before they would ever be able to move on in their conquest of the rest of Canaan. Now the same is true for us in our defeats. The Lord wants to give us victory where we previously failed before we move forward in other areas of our walk. Uh, When our son was growing up at home, he liked to play video games. I wasn't much of a fan of video games myself. But uh, when I, I did play a few of them with him. And my problem is that most of them were designed with specific levels. In order to move to the next level, you had to conquer the, f- the first level. And In order to get to the third level, you got to conquer the second level. And it wouldn't let you move forward at all until you conquered the level. And uh, there's a good parallel in that with regards to our Christian life. If we don't gain victory where we are in our walk with God, it's going to hinder us from moving forward in our walk with Him. We need to gain the victory, and when we gain the victory there, we can move forward. The Lord never intends for us to live a life characterized by continual defeat, does He? Rather, His desire is that we experience the victory of the abundant life. Often, we are defeated for the same reason that Israel was defeated, and that is unconfessed sin. 1 John 1.9 has, the, uh, has the, the remedy for that. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I like 1 Corinthians 15.57. It says, But thanks be to God which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. The victory is in Jesus. Amen. We like that song we sing. Victory in Jesus. Uh, so we see a word about winning. We see a word also about waiting there in verse number 2. Uh, the Lord told them that they would do to Ai what they did to Jericho, except for the fact that in Ai, remember they were allowed to take uh, 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 all the spoils here for, the, for themselves. We just read that. He, no, notice the latter part of, of verse number 2. He says, Only the spoils thereof and the cattle thereof shall ye take for a prey unto yourselves lay thee an ambush for the city behind it. So, um, think about this. If Achan had just waited a few more days, think about it. If he just waited a few more days, he could have had part in some spoils. He just was not patient, was he? Instead, he ran ahead of God and grabbed for himself that which had been forbidden by God. God said, "Don't, don't take anything out of Jericho. It all belongs to me. And so he took the forbidden, that which was forbidden, that which belonged to God. And as a result, Achan and his family paid the ultimate price. And there's a lesson in that for us as well. Uh, If we could just learn to wait on God, let him lead, and and bring into our lives the things that need to be there, we'd be far better off, wouldn't we? You ever have trouble waiting on God? We all do, don't we, at times? Unfortunately, our flesh doesn't want to wait. Regardless of the area, we are far better off to wait on the Lord to bring those things into our life that He knows are best for us. The thing is, God knows what's best. We don't always know what's best. We can see with our physical eyes, but it's hard for us to discern what is the good thing. And we need the Lord's help in those things. So Psalm 37 verse 4, said, excuse me, Psalm 37 verse 34 says, "Wait on the Lord." and keep his way. And he shall exalt thee to inherit the land. When the wicked are cut off, thou shalt see it. Psalm 130 in verse 5, the psalmist said, I wait for the Lord. My soul doth wait, and in his word do I hope. That's a good place to wait in it. You know, wait in the word. Get in the word. Read the word. and Just wait on the Lord. Word, word of God in prayer. And so we see God's promise of victory there in verses 1 and 2. Second thing we see uh, is God's perfect plan for victory. Now, we're going to read a good spell here, verses 3 through 17, and we'll come back and make some comments here. Look at verse number 3. God always has a plan, and we see God's plan here. So, verse 3, So Joshua arose, and all the people of war, to go up against Ai. And Joshua shows out 30,000 men of valor, and sent them away by night. And he commanded them, saying, Behold, ye shall lie in wait against the city, even behind the city. Go not very far from the city, but be ye all ready. And I and all the people that are with me will approach unto the city, and it shall come to pass when they come out against us as at the first that we will flee uh, before them. And it says in verse 6, For they will come out after us till we have drawn them from the city. For they will say, They flee before us as at first. Therefore we will flee before them. <laughs> uh, and then ye shall rise up from the ambush and seize upon the city. For the Lord your God will deliver it unto your hand. And it shall be when ye have taken the city that ye shall set the city on fire according to the commandment of the Lord, shall ye do. See, I have commanded you. Joshua therefore sent them forth, and they went to lie in ambush and abode between Bethel and Ai on the west side of Ai. But Joshua lodged that night among the people. And Joshua rose up early in the morning and numbered the people, and went up, he and the elders of Israel, before the people of Ai, And all the people, even the people of war that were with him, went up and drew nigh and came before the city and pitched on the north side of Ai. Now there was a valley between them and Ai. And he took about 5,000 men and set them to lie in ambush between Bethel and Ai on the west side of the city. And when they had set the people, even all the host that was on the north of the city and, and their liars in wait on the west of the city, Joshua went that night into the midst of the valley. And it came to pass, when the king of Ai saw it, that they hasted up, and they hasted and rose up early, and the uh, men of the city went out against Israel to battle. He and all his people at a time appointed before the plain. But he wist not that there were liars in ambush against him behind the city. And Joshua and all Uh, all of Israel made as if they were beaten before them and fled by the way of the wilderness. And all the people that were in Ai were called together to pursue after them. And they pursued after Joshua and were drawn away from the city. And there was not a man left in Ai or Bethel uh, that went not out after Israel. They left the city open and pursued after Israel. So we see... God had a plan that he'd given Joshua, and we see God's perfect plan for victory. God always has a plan. God told them exactly how they were to win this battle against Ai, and the Lord told them to lay an ambush for Ai, and they would take the city and all its inhabitants. And Israel had already seen what happens when you do things the Lord's way. Amen? They saw that at Jericho. Uh, When you fight your battles by following the Lord's plan, you can't fail. And uh, even though it seemed kind of silly at the time, what they were told to do at Jericho, if when they just obeyed the Lord, the Lord gave them the victory. They had learned the hard way what happens when you leave the Lord out of the equation. Remember AI number one? <laughs> Their first incursion to AI, they learned that failure awaits those who don't seek the Lord's guidance. Do you think the Lord has a plan For our victories as well? He does, doesn't he? uh, The Lord has detailed plans for our victories. And listen, no other plan is going to work. God has given us all we need to prepare us spiritually for our battles that we face. Um, Let's take a look at just marketplace there. We'll be back in a little bit here. Uh, But let's go to Ephesians chapter number 6 for a moment. Ephesians chapter number 6. And you know where we're headed. We're talking about the whole armor of God. Here in Ephesians chapter 6, the Apostle Paul gave us some of the things that we need in order to prepare for the spiritual battles that we face. We see uh, in verse number 10, he says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that she may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Now, when it, when we get back in town, the next message I'm going to have is on the wiles of the devil. Okay, on the wiles, the the wiles of the enemy, I should say, uh, and our enemy is the devil. Uh, but it's going to be uh, from the, what we're going to find in chapter number nine. Uh, so, but a look at verse twelve here. So, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. Now, if we fail to appropriate the whole armor of God, uh, we can't very well expect to to win a victory, can't we? I mean, we, I mean God's told us that uh, we're, our, we're to be strong in Him, and His power, His might, and we're to put on the whole armor of God. Um, the Lord has instructed us concerning the importance of three things that I think are important. Um, first of all, the Word of God. We know the Word of God is important in order for us to gain victory, is it? Uh, 1 Peter 2, 2 says, As newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the Word that you may grow thereby. Second Timothy 2.15 says, Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Uh, not only has he instructed us concerning the importance of the word of God, but he uh, instructed us concerning the importance of prayer. Luke 18.1, He spake a parable unto them to this end that men ought always to pray and not to faint. Ought always to pray and not to faint. First Thessalonians 5 17 tells us to pray without ceasing. James 4, verse 2 says, Ye lust and, and have not, ye kill and desire to have and cannot obtain. Ye fight and war, yet ye have not because ye ask not. A lot of times we're just we we fail because we are prayerless in our walk. So uh we got the importance of the word of God, the importance of prayer. The, what about the importance of the local church? It's it's there too. Acts 2 verse 42 says, and they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of bread and in prayers. They're in that, that group that got saved on, uh, on the day of Pentecost. It was important for them uh, to uh, access the, the gifts of those in the, in the local church. And uh, Hebrews 10 verse 25 tells us, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. Now you're there in Ephesians 6. Flip back to Ephesians chapter number 4, in verse number 11 for just a moment. Ephesians 4, verse number 11 says, And he gave some apostles, and some prophets, and some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers, for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. even Christ, from whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth according to the effectual working in the measure of every part, maketh increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. We talked here just recently on our Sunday evening services out of Romans chapter number 12, the importance of the the spiritual gifts that we have and the purpose of them of of us edifying one another, edifying the body of Christ. And, you know, if you don't pay attention to being uh, uh, an integral part of the local church, you can't, um, you, you can't receive that edification, and you can't give any edification. I mean, you're, you're supposed to be, we're all gifted in some way. And we need to understand that none of these things that we just talked about, the Word of God, prayer and the local church, and none of these things will give victory in and of themselves, but we need each one to strengthen us and to help us grow in the Lord the way that we need to grow. And when we begin to neglect even one of these essential areas, then guess what? We're going to suffer spiritually. We just are. And you know, a lot of folks uh, over the years have I have wanted to argue that point. I said, well, you know, I just don't think church is all that important. And when you look at their life, it shows that they are not um, where they need to be. When we feed the flesh and ignore our spiritual needs by forsaking the Word, then we're headed for trouble in our spiritual lives. When we go, uh, try to go our own way without, alone without prayer, we're being foolish, aren't we? Um, When we forsake the church, we're not built up properly, and neither are we a help to others to help build them up. So Listen, God always has a plan. Stick with his plan. Following God's plans will always bring God's power. Let's pick up in verse 18 back in our text. Joshua 8, verse number 18. Joshua 8, 18 says, And the Lord said unto Joshua, Stretch out the spear that is in thy hand toward Ai, for I will give it into thine hand. And Joshua stretched out the spear that he had in his hand toward the city. And the ambush arose quickly out of their place, and they ran as soon as he had stretched out his hand, and they entered into the city, and took it, and hasted, and set the city on fire. And when the men of Ai looked behind them, they saw, and behold, the smoke of the city ascended up to heaven, and they had no power to flee this way or that way. And the people that fled to the wilderness turned back upon the pursuers. And when Joshua and all Israel saw that the ambush had taken the city and that the smoke of the city ascended, then they turned again and slew the men of Ai and the other issued out of the city against them so that they were in the midst of Israel, some on this side and some on that side, and they smote them so that they let none of them remain or escaped. And the king of Ai they took alive and brought him to Joshua. Total annihilation there. Um, Following God's plans always brings God's power. Israel fought the battle, but God gave the victory, amen. He gave them the ability to do what they did. The first time Israel went to Ai, remember they went in their own power, and they suffered a terrible, humiliating defeat. This time they went to battle, walking in the power and direction of God, and they were victorious. What what a lesson there is there for us. Again, the lesson here for each of us is that the battle is not won by our own personal abilities. I don't care how good that you think you are, you can't fight a spiritual battle with the flesh. The the battle will not be won because we're more powerful than the temptations we face because none of us are. We're not more powerful than the the temptations we face. Well, Our God is. Um, There's just one way for us to prevail in our battles and that is for us to learn to appropriate the power of God in our lives through obedience to the Lord. Again, Ephesians six ten. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Philippians four thirteen. I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. And in one Corinthians ten thirteen, there hath no temptation taken you but such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that ye are able, but will, with the temptation, also make a way to escape, that ye may be able to bear it. God always has a plan following God's plan will always bring God's power. And then the, the, we see uh, in verses 24 through 29 here, we see God's victories are complete victories. Look at verse 24. And it came to pass when Israel had made an end of slaying all the inhabitants of Ai in the field and the wilderness wherein they chased them and when they were all fallen on the edge of the sword until they were consumed, that all the Israelites returned unto Ai and smote it with the edge of the sword. And so it was that all that fell that day, both of men and women, were twelve thousand, even all the men of Ai. For Joshua drew not his hand back, wherewith he stretched out the spear, until he had utterly destroyed all the inhabitants of Ai. Only the cattle... And the spoil of that city Israel took for a prey unto themselves, according unto the word of the Lord which he commanded Joshua. And Joshua burnt Ai, and made it a heap forever, even a desolation unto this day. And the king of Ai, he hanged on a tree until eventide. And as soon as the sun was down, Joshua commanded that they should take his carcass down from the tree, and cast it at the entering of the gate of the city, and raise thereon a great heap of stones that remaineth unto this day. Now, when it's talking about unto this day, I've referred to before. Talking about when this book was written, Amen. Up to when this time, when this was being written down, uh, of these accounts, though the, these things remained there. So, Israel trusted in the Lord and and absolutely prevailed over their enemy. And God did exactly what He said He would do. Amen. He always does. We're serving the very same God that Israel served. The same one that gave Israel the victory. And we can count on Him to keep His word. Romans 4.21 said that Abraham was being fully persuaded that what he had promised he was also able to perform. We need to have the faith of Abraham. Amen. And believe that what God's Says he's going to do, he's going to do. Psalm 119, 89. Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. So we see God's promise of victory. We see God's perfect plan for victory. And then last of all tonight, we see worship flows out of victory. Worship flows out of victory. We see that Joshua led the people in obedience to God's word. Look at verse number 30. Then Joshua built an altar Unto the Lord God of Israel in Mount Ebal, as Moses, the servant of the Lord, commanded the children of Israel, as it is written in the book of the law of Moses, an altar of whole stones, over which no man hath to lift up any iron, and they offered thereon burnt offerings unto the Lord and sacrificed peace offerings, and he wrote thereon upon the, the stones a copy of the law of Moses, which he wrote in the presence of the children of Israel. And all Israel and their elders and officers and their judges stood on this side of the ark and on that side before the priests the, the Levites which were which bear the ark of the covenant of the of the Lord as well as the strain as well as the uh, stranger as he that was born among them half of them over against Mount Gerizim and half of them over against Mount Ebal as Moses, the servant of the Lord, had commanded before, that they should bless the people of Israel. And afterward he read all the words of the law, the blessings, and the cursings, according to all that is written in the book of the law. Uh, There was not a word of all that Moses commanded, which Joshua read not before all the congregation of Israel, with the women and the little ones and the strangers that were conversant among them. So we see here uh, first an altar was built and uh, the, the uh, reference here for what he's talking about where God commanded this to, be, to, to take place is Deuteronomy 27. Look at Deuteronomy 27. And it's in verses number 4 through 8 here. Deuteronomy 27 verse number 4. And you can uh, tell in the earlier verses. I'm not going to read the earlier verses, but it talks about uh, the Lord was talking about this time when they got over into uh, over into the land, passed over Jordan into the land. The Lord said there was going to come a time when they were going to do this. Look at verse four. Therefore it shall be when ye shall be gone over Jordan that ye shall set up these stones which I command you this day in Mount Ebal and thou shalt plaster them with plaster and there shalt thou build an altar unto the Lord thy God an altar of stones. Thou shalt not lift up any iron tool upon them and thou shalt build the altar of the Lord thy God of whole stones And thou shalt offer burnt offerings thereon unto the Lord thy God. And thou shalt offer peace offerings and and shalt eat there and rejoice before the Lord thy God. And thou shalt write upon the stones all the words of this law very plainly. Um, And so they they built the altar. They made the sacrifices God had instructed them to do. And we, and doing so, the commanded observance was held. Listen to Deuteronomy eleven twenty nine. It says, And it shall come to pass when the Lord thy God hath brought thee into the land whither thou goest, that thou shalt put the blessing upon Mount Gerizim and the curse upon Ebal. Now, if you read here in, Deut- in Deuteronomy 27, verses number 11, through 26. Okay, and Let me encourage you to, to go back and read this. Go back and read this. Uh, half of the nation was to stand on Mount Ebal and the other half on Mount Gerizim. And the Levites were to stand in the valley in between these mountains and were to read the cursings and the blessings uh, from the law. As they read the cursings, the crowd on Mount Ebal was to shout, Amen. As they, when they read the blessings, the crowd on Mount Gerizim was to shout, Amen. And so this exercise was to remind them of what God would bless and of what he would not bless. And they were reaffirming their commitment to live by the word of God every day. Now, listen, blessing or cursing is determined by obedience or disobedience. Obedience or disobedience. If we want to achieve victory day by day, then we must learn to live by the Word of God. If God said, do it, then do it. If God said, don't do it, then don't do it. If there is doubt, leave it out. Somebody said one time, you know, you got a doubt about it, just don't give God the benefit of the doubt. Um, Matthew 4 4, Jesus answered and said, It is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. We can't overemphasize the importance of God's Word. Victory can be ours when we choose to obey God's Word. So blessing or cursing, the choice is ours. Is our life characterized by victory or defeat? If it's characterized by defeat, then it's time for self-examination, confession of sin, and repentance. If it's characterized by victory, then it's time for worship. Amen. That's what we see here. And so whatever our need this evening, the Lord has the grace to help us with that uh, if we need to come to Him for anything at all. He's given us His promises. His plan is perfect. Let's follow Him. Amen. Well, that's our Bible study for this evening.